This is Unfiltered, episode 139 for April 1st, 2015. Breaking tonight, new details on negotiations with Iran. President Obama wrapping up a national security meeting just moments ago to get updates on the talks, as reports show that a deal outline may be taking shape. All this after the State Department confirms that talks will go past tonight's deadline. everyone, and welcome to Unfiltered, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that news you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris. And my name is Chase. Hey, hey buddy. Hey, man. Hey, how you feeling? I feel a little, you know, for this episode, I feel a little somber. Yeah. A little somber today. Yeah. Chase and I, you know, uh, we'll tell you more about it at the end of the show, yeah. but uh, boy, sometimes it's hard to say goodbye to a friend. Yeah. And uh, we, we got a lot of friends, unfortunately. You know, with yeah. new beginnings, uh, and you know, sometimes things change, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we, we both had to reevaluate things with this new gig of yours. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's been a huge gig, um, you know. And by the way, I, full disclosure, you know, since I, I, I have this gig now, I have to say, you know, here on the air, uh, that, you know, my opinions are my own. They right. do not reflect those of my employer. Yeah, and, you know, unfortunately, this is a conflict we just didn't really take into consideration. No, no. Uh, Especially after what happened. Well, earlier and, today. Yeah. I mean, they really pretty much made it pretty clear to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they, they heard what, what was going on on this show, and, you know, and I had to sign a disclosure form and, and you know, it, I can't get into too much about it, but we'll, we'll give right. details at the end of the show today. Yeah. Um, hopefully they won't be crying. No, no. But uh, I, I will say this. Uh, it's been incredible. Um, and it's been one of those it's things. Been an amazing 139 weeks. It's, yeah. I mean, every single episode, starting from the very beginning, has been incredible up to this point. Um, and, and yeah. you know, yeah. I felt pretty, I felt pretty, uh, pretty acknowledged, uh, sort of saying goodbye to the unfiltered program uh, today. Uh, President Obama signed uh, some executive uh, actions that uh, are really going to probably give us really and, and, a and solid this, footing. And for this cyber story, warfare. and this story is no joke. This uh, President Obama yeah. did this. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the way, basically, now the federal government will be able to slap sanctions on cyber criminals. President Obama issued an executive order Wednesday, creating the nation's first sanctions program to combat combat malicious cyber attacks and cyber spying. President Obama said cyber threats pose one of the most serious economic and national security challenges to the United States, and this executive order offers a targeted tool for countering that threat. The sanctions would apply to individuals and groups involved in cyber attacks. Individuals and groups that includes businesses, states, and nations that compromise critical infrastructure, steel trade secrets, and hobbled computer systems, among other things. That's a pretty big range, Mr. Chase. Wow, totally. Uh, so uh, today, uh, this announcement comes in the wake of a string of recent cyber attacks. And in the uh, overtime folder, and we played it also in the supporter show already, MSNBC ran this six-minute-long piece about how the nation's power grid today, they ran this piece today about how the nation's power grid is under cyber attack oh, every yeah. four days. yeah. Uh, and this big report that just came out, and then they had an expert come on that talked about cyber attack. No actual reports on this executive action. 
Hmm. I, saw, I saw the story, one story on NPR. I thought I heard it on the radio. Yeah, it's, but... on the, it's been on the top, like, uh, it's yeah. been usually in, like, the top of the hourly news. Like, it was on the top of the NPR hourly news. It might have been on the top of the other network hourly news. But in-depth reporting, like, on uh, Fox, NBC, CB, it's not on any of those yet. I don't know if it will get any traction. I'm surprised Fox isn't running with it. They've been all over the overreach stuff. RT hasn't run a story on it either. But it happened today, and it seems essentially it allows for a massively slippery, slippery slope because let's just take one of the most recent high-profile hacks, the Sony hack, right? The Sony Entertainment hack. Yeah, the big one. I continue to believe that it wasn't necessarily directly North Korea. Maybe they had some no, sort of I involvement. Agree. But it seems like if yeah. you look at the scale of data that was stolen it ha- and how the data was compromised, the yeah. way that they, they hard-coded the file server paths into the malware. I how mean, do you it, do that? Yeah. You know the path on the network. The only way to hard code, they did whack, whack, server name, whack, share name, whack, path, yeah, it file, was, file. It was, it was in there. Right. Hard coded. The, yeah. How, the only way, you're an insider. It was an insider yeah. attack. And as somebody who's done penetration, I'm looking at I'm telling you, it's an insider attack. I'm looking at it. So then they come along and say it's North Korea. Well, the FBI comes out and says, no, it's not North Korea. Then the FBI a couple of days later retracts and says, oh, yeah, just Josh and totes North Korea. And now everybody says it's North Korea. Bullshit. It is yeah, not North Korea. No, no. But under this new executive order, we could now have these. We could now be tossing out sanctions like a mo because we say it's North Korea. That, my friend, is a slippery slope. Oh no, it is. I mean, I was joking in the pre-show about this and, and talking about how. Oh, uh, so they're going to have due process on this, right? Before they throw out <laughs> sanctions, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no, of course not. They'll go no. through all the proper investigations right. to do attribution, yeah. right? Right, right, yes. right. yeah. No, yeah. Well, there, there'll be checks and balances and not rubber stamps, right? Uh, so you know, I like to start the show with an NSA story. You know me, Chase. You know, we always have an NSA update. Well, we try to have an NSA yeah, update. This one's a little weird. Okay. There, so uh, there has been two incidents this month that I didn't talk about because I just felt like I bet this kind of thing happens all the time at U.S. government facilities and the NSA is just getting coverage because it's the NSA. That was my first coverage, my first thought. So when a car rammed the gate earlier this or early last month, I thought, huh, that's weird. Okay. I thought and, it was just this past week. <laughs> hold on. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. You're talking about the other Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then, but okay. then, no, yeah. then there was another incident a couple of weeks after that. And then this week... There's this really weird one where the two dudes are dressed up as women, <laughs> and they take a stolen vehicle, and they drive through the gate of the NSA. Da- it was a dare. you got to hear this report. I this know. Is, this <laughs> there are many unanswered questions this morning about a deadly shooting outside the National Security Agency. Fish- you got to listen carefully for the details. So, like, for example, they'll, use the, they'll, they'll say the word police, and what they actually mean is NSA Armed NSA agents that drive around the NSA police. So when so when they use terms like police, you mean mall security? Well, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Yeah, but like the scariest kind of mall security yeah. ever, but totally mall security. Yeah, right. So yeah. the scariest mall security in the entire world uh, is the police. And uh, th- when they say suspects, they mean two dudes dressed as women <laughs> that have cocaine in the vehicle. Wow. So the two men in a stolen vehicle confronted guards at the gate yesterday morning. One of the men died after police opened fire. The other is in a local hospital. So police means NSA agents that are police campus, like, right? Investigators believe that a simple driving error led to this incident. So so here's, here's, how, here's, here's what investigators are saying. All right. Uh, two guys dressed as women okay. stole a vehicle, drove to the front gate of the NSA, right. where an agent stopped them, said okay. you cannot proceed. They said F you, and then drove forward. 
Well, and by the way, the I might N- have that wrong, but I no, no. I think they're going to recap N- that yeah. here. And the NSA facility, by the way, for those who don't know, is actually on a military base. Yeah, it's yeah. Fort Meade. Yeah. Uh, so this is basically a military checkpoint, and yeah. I and I know yeah. I, I actually know in real life a couple of you know yeah. military police officers. Yeah. If How anybody do you do that by mistake? Well, How is that an accident? Ooh, no, you could be coked out of your head, but if you stop at the gate and a scary guard man tells you to turn around, like I, I'm just. I don't buy. I'm surprised. I mean, because usually, you know, these military officers that are are at the gate, they're carrying major weapons. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Investigators believe that a simple driving error led to this driving error. Gaze is near the scene of the shooting at Fort Meade, Maryland. Jeff, good morning. Good morning. That simple driving uh-huh. error may have been just a wrong turn. The two men ended up at the gate of one of the most secure facilities in the country. Two banged-up SUVs littered the road in front of National Security Agency headquarters. This is just some of the evidence of a violent confrontation after police shot and killed one suspect and seriously injured another. Investigators say the two men stole an SUV from a hotel in Jessup, Maryland. Shortly before 9 a.m. on Monday, they turned onto the road leading to the NSA gate. Now, if I was going to try to do some sort of crazy-ass raid against the NSA, I would totally steal a vehicle first. Yeah, totally. That's the first thing you should I do. Would, I would. No, I would because like, if I think I'm going to make it, I don't. I, okay, well, I sure as F don't drive my own vehicle to the NSA. Well, that's true. That's true because you, want, you don't want that going back. I understand. 9 a.m. on Monday, they turned onto the road leading to the NSA gate at the Fort Meade military installation in Maryland. Dude, police... Had- I, I just have an epiphany. Wait, 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 wait. You ever play Grand Theft Auto Five? Sure, man. Okay, so what happens if you uh, steal a vehicle and then drive towards the military installation and then you drive through the gate? You get a lot of stars? It goes up to five stars immediately. Yeah, yeah. It just insta. It's insta. And then they, the tanks start to roll after <laughs> you and they shoot you and, and the SUV chase, guys. Chase, this is Grand Theft chase, Auto. Too many video games, buddy. I'm sorry. Too many video it's games. It's Grand Theft Auto. 9 a.m. on Monday, they turned onto the road leading to the NSA gate at the Fort Meade military installation in Maryland. Police at this guard booth ordered the See, men who look, were dressed Grand as women to turn around and leave, but investigators <laughs> say the vehicle failed to stop and Wait. barriers were deployed. Then the NSA says the SUV accelerated toward a police cruiser blocking the road. Police opened fire, killing the driver and wounding the passenger. The stolen vehicle crashed into the NSA police SUV. Later, emergency personnel took one NSA officer from the scene on a stretcher to a nearby hospital. In a statement about the incident, Fort Meade's garrison commander said that residents, service members, and civilian employees on the installation are safe, but added that the staff was remaining vigilant at all access points. Investigators say that wrong turn happened after what a source describes as a night of partying. Law enforcement sources also say a gun and a small (gasps) amount of cocaine was found in that stolen SUV. Charlie. Hey, Jeff, thanks. Hey, Jeff. Good job, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. So, by the way, I've done this before. What? I wasn't high on cocaine or anything, but... uh, You turned into a military complex? No, no, no. So, yeah, I got to tell the story real quick. So, I was driving down to Steelacum. Which is down there by uh, Fort Lewis. Hey, nice notification light. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's the yeah. that's the notification yeah. light. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I was driving through uh, Fort Lewis down there, and I had uh, a Nielsen home that I had to get to. So I turned off at uh, Fort Lewis exit. That's what my maps told me to do. But 
it didn't differentiate between military roads and normal public roads. So when I pulled off, I was right out of gate and there was no place to U-turn. So I got up to the, the, the guard and he's like, what are you doing here? Because there's no tags on my car or anything. I'm like, I'm sorry. I took a wrong turn. I didn't mean to come down this road. Yeah. I'm trying to get to, to here. And he goes, okay, all right, hold up lane one and two. And they watched me do a U-turn and I just went back on my way. But I had to go through the gate because you have to go through the gate to get back around the other side. So, I mean, that's all they had to do. I mean, if they weren't high on coke and stealing a car, they could have just played it cool, drove through and around. So you're buying that crap? No, I'm buying I'm buying the fact that they just kept going and they ignored them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, so, I don't uh, buy the wrong turn. Yeah. I don't buy that, but I yeah. do buy the fact that Dressed they just- as women? Well, Disguise? Do, Disguise. Pe- Disguise? Disguise. They get a stolen car, they dress as women. Maybe they just wanted to go shoot some NSA guys up and then get the hell out of there. Really? It's crazy. I don't. Know. I don't. I don't think so. I don't know, man. I, I just. I just think they were like, oh well, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna drive through, and maybe they didn't realize that this was like the the one military base you don't do that at. Actually, you don't do it on many of them, but... Well, Chase, I've got some yeah. good news, buddy. Oh, uh, hey. You've uh, successfully unlocked a nice. bonus round I like with that. your uh, great speculation. <laughs> uh, that's right, Chase. In fact, it's something we haven't got into for quite a while. Oh, It's the government corruption section of the show. Oh, yeah, I and, missed that. And uh, let's start off with... Uh, do you, does the name Senator Menendez ring a bell at all? Menendez, Menendez. Senator Menendez. Yeah, I, a little bit, I think Will so. you do a Google exercise for me while I play yeah, this clip? I will play it's, some exercise. It's only about a 40-second long clip, Okay. So. Uh, Google for me, uh, Senator Menendez, uh, child sex scandal or child sex or something like that. Okay, well, I play this clip. Welcome back to the lead. Some breaking news now on our politics lead, Democratic Senator Robert Menendez, the senior senator from New Jersey, the ranking Democrat on the Foreign Affairs Committee, has just been indicted on corruption charges by the U.S. Department of Justice. The government alleging Menendez used his office to peddle influence on behalf of of a friend, so he used his influence uh, to, to. So he had he was influenced by a friend, and and what did he do? What did he do? What happened? What was the corruption? What was the bad thing? Does anybody know in the chat room? Does anybody know what he's got busted for? Uh, hold on, now let's see here. Yeah, yeah. So does anybody know in the chat room? Does anybody know anybody what he know. did? Uh, okay. Well, uh, we got to break it down for you because it's a little detached. So you got to connect a few dots. But let's start with what it technically is. He's in trouble for in exchange for gifts. CNN first reported okay, last gifts. month. Now, what kind of gifts? It's a very, it's very important. Flowers? To, no, it's very, very important. Right. What kind of gift it was because it enabled him to do something very bad. Very, what he's really should be getting in trouble for, but it's not. Instead, they're getting him on a technicality. The government's case hinged on the senator's relationship with a high-profile donor, Salomon Melgen, zeroing in. On plane trips, the senator took in 2010. Uh-huh. Good job, John. Good job, John and Chase. Yes. In these plane trips, do you have any guesses to where the good senator might have been traveling? Hmm. Probably some Spanish-speaking country. Yes, Chase. Uh, yes. Oh, I don't have a very good shot on your screen um, right there. But is it is it the uh, the small little uh, independent? Well, you know, they're a territory of yes. of the United States. Oh, for the Dominican Republic. Oh, oh okay. I thought it was Puerto Rico. <laughs> I thought it was Puerto Rico. So, hey, Chase, do you have any guesses what he was doing in the Dominican Republic? Do you have any guesses what he was uh, doing? He was scouting Major League Baseball talent. Let's see if Je- let's just just see if Jake Tapper tells us. Right. Has, has previously said he is innocent. Oh, oh, that's it. That's oh, it. the story just kind of ends. And there's nothing left in the clip there. Uh, perhaps he could have mentioned the fact that he was flying there to screw little boys oh. and little girls. Mm. Yeah. That's not. Yeah, him and a bunch of other buddies. No. He wasn't alone on the airplane rides. 
In fact, <sighs> wow. In fact, I've, I don't know exactly, but I believe there's even a link to the Clintons a little bit. I don't know the link there. I've never wanted to go that far because it seems so disgusting. Yeah, I mean, he attended you know parties. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he gets in trouble for the play, for the plane rides, but he really should be burning in hell for the kid sex. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh definitely. All right. Uh, so let's go to our next item on the uh, in the government corruption file this week. This all happened in just this week. This all happened in just just right here, right this week. U.S. Drug Enforcement agents allegedly went to sex parties with prostitutes that were hired by drug cartels. It is one allegation from a Justice Department Inspector General report. And it looked at how agencies handle sexual misconduct claims. Now, it doesn't say in which country the parties were held, but they allegedly happened in government leased apartments. And it adds... Some of the agents got money, gifts, and weapons from the drug cartel members. What? The report says that the DEA left punishment for those at the parties up to the local supervisor. And the Justice Department says it's making sure a zero-tolerance policy for sexual misconduct is enforced and that incidents are properly reported. But I see more issues than sexual misconduct there. How about you? How about you? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, so, and then uh, one more from the government corruption file. Okay. One more, one more, then we'll uh, get out of here, because it is getting kind of disgusting. There is actually real events in the world we need to talk about, but I just, I love this. You remember uh, the Silk Road, Chase? That oh, thing? yeah, the, that that site, and um, you know, man. Where you can get some interesting things, like you can get crochet art. Right. Uh, you could get, you know, custom, you know, blogs uh, with bears that are curved out of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Handmade yeah. candles. Yep, yep. Uh, crack cocaine. Tar. Yeah. Heroin. Oh, um, yeah, that stuff. So you know yeah. when when you raid the honeypot, this one of the sweetest honeypots in you know probably a decade for the FBI. When you raid that, it's pretty hard not to get some of that sweet, tasty honey on your hands. Mm. And the Washington Post says two federal agents are accused of stealing from a criminal website they were investigating. This morning they face money laundering and wire fraud charges. Wow. Chip Reed is in Washington with details from the indictment. They're like, man, here we got this great anonymous cur- uh, anonymous, anonymous transaction. Yeah. We got this anonymous currency. Who's ever going to know? That's what they're thinking. Chip, good morning. Hey, Chip. Well, good morning. In 2012 and 2013, two federal agents were investigating the Silk Road website where users could buy and sell illegal drugs using the web-based currency known as bitcoins. But federal prosecutors now say those two agents were actually benefiting from the very site they were trying to bring (laughs) down, information that is threatening to undermine one of the Department of Justice's most important cases. Carl Force, a drug enforcement agent, and Sean Bridges, a member of the Secret Service, were working undercover to unmask this man, Ross Albrecht. Oh, the Secret Service, that's interesting. Government suspected the clean-cut 30-year-old was Dread Pirate Roberts, the creator and operator of Silk Road. Force and Bridges used fake identities to communicate with Albrecht. That, federal prosecutors say, was just the start of their deception. It's truly like a more complicated than any spy thriller I can think of. Andy Greenberg, a senior Mm. writer for Wired, has been following the Silk Road case. The simplest way to say this is that Carl Force was doubly undercover. I mean, this is undeniably one of the most fascinating twists in this case possible. Not only is the Silk Road case fascinating because it's a landmark case for Bitcoin, not only is it fascinating because the Silk Road was a social experiment when you could remove the restrictions of government and allow the people to sell directly to themselves, what would happen? That's what Silk Road was. And then, not not only on top of that, it's unprecedented how the FBI managed to track down Dread Pirate Roberts, and it's still not totally clear how they did it. 
and if it is perhaps exposing a vulnerability in the Tor network. And then, on top of all of that, you have the fact that it is extremely hard to try a case of this level of technical sophistication. And then, after all of that, <laughs> this happens. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> this is an amazing yeah, case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just, wow. During yeah. his undercover investigation, Agent Force, a 15-year veteran of the DEA, allegedly created several online personas, including French Maid. Oh. In disguise, he allegedly sold Silk Road's founder, Albrecht, information about the government's investigation, offered oh, to kill a Silk Whoa. Road employee, and then blackmailed Albrecht. Oh, that this is interesting. So this was a key piece of how they tracked him down. So the F... Wow! But I wait, did not but know if, this. but if that's the case, how can they not? Uh, what they had of him on enough charges in, in other areas? How is this not? Oh my god! How does this not disqualify those charges? Oh my god! This I got to play that back. Because isn't, is, isn't that entrapment? Well, yes, absolutely. And now it turns out the guy that was entrapping him was corrupt to begin with. Right. So how can that be a, admissible? French maid in disguise. He allegedly sold Silk Road's founder Albrecht information about the government's investigation, offered to kill a Silk Road employee, and then blackmailed Albrecht. That is one of the key pieces of the case. That is. Blowing my, we got to, we got to keep wow. an eye on that. That's blowing my he mind. He believed yeah. that wow. he was kind of as immune from law enforcement as the person he was tracking. His payment was in Bitcoin, Bitcoin, which can be traded and exchanged anonymously, or so they thought. If he was using his DEA computer to do these things. That's probably not very smart. In a series of complex transactions tracked by the government, both agents allegedly moved Bitcoin into their personal accounts. <laughs> Prosecutors say Agent Bridges stole more than $800,000 worth. They may have succumbed to that temptation of dirty money and the impunity of anonymity. It's funny how that works. Just as all of the users of Silk Road and its drug dealers were. Huh. By the way... Huh. Notice what they're showing on the screen there? Weed, buddy. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know, weed's so illegal in in a lot of places. Yeah, I know, right? That's super hardcore drug, Yeah, that's, right? that's so hardcore. Uh, all I right. mean, I'm just saying, pay attention to the messages and the images. Oh, no, that's fair enough. That's yeah. fair enough. Here, I guess we'll, we could play the wrap-up. This is fairly interesting. We'll play the wrap-up. Drug dealers were. Albrecht has already been convicted of running Silk Road and is awaiting sentencing, but his lawyer told us these new charges against the federal agents who are investigating Silk Road are, quote, strong grounds for appeal. Mm -hmm. And as we know, the DEA and Secret Service were already under the microscope because of alleged misbehavior by other agents. Now they have a new scandal to deal with. Wow. Gail? Oh, boy. Thank you, Yeah, Chip. Token Ring nails it. Uh, his, I love that title. It's too long, but look at that title. The good guy is the bad guy. Yeah. Isn't that something? So there's your uh, – and that, uh, you guys, uh, right there. We'll That's your corruption government update. Yeah. That wraps up our, uh, our government <laughs> corruption segment. Yes. I, I know this is a uh, – I know we've we've avoided the Iran uh, nuclear uh, – uh, well, the talks that, that they were supposed to be finished yeah. by yesterday. Yeah. So uh, the same talks that Congress wants to write off on. Why don't we bring in? I think it's Barbara Starr. Uh, oh, she what's can, she up to? She'll scare the hell out of us. On what's, she's what's your good friend, isn't she? Uh, my close personal uh, correspondent and a pen pal, Barbara Starr. Uh, what's what's she up to? Dire predictions if Iran and the U.S. don't reach a nuclear deal. Iran will immediately begin once again pursuing its nuclear program, accelerate its nuclear program without us having any insight into what they're doing. The conventional wisdom? Iranian enrichment facilities begin making weapons-grade fuel. And then, an Iranian nuclear test. 
Dr. Lucino Zerbo runs the agency that monitors global nuclear testing. So this guy is the uh, sort of like everybody's watching everybody group. And uh, he's like, everybody needs to calm the F down. Check this guy out. He's the guy that would like, his agency is the one responsible for making sure nobody does any testing. In an exclusive CNN interview, he says Tehran could not test in secret. Now, this is the guy that is responsible for watching tests all over the world. He says even if they got that far, they can't do it in secret. Hmm. If any country that will try today to hide a nuclear test explosion, uh, we have, I would say, more than 90% of chance in detecting it. The agency's worldwide sensor network detects seismic activity from underground explosions and the release of radioactive material in the air. So that's the key part. So first they pick up the seismic activity. They All register right. that. So this okay. like this happened uh, with uh, a semi-recent, uh, I think she's going to tell you, so I want to let her tell you. But uh, and So they register that, and then, and then they have to register the gas escaping, which can sometimes take a long time, but they can, they can still record Correlated to that original seismic activity. But there are problems. It took 55 days for sensors to pick up radioactive gases from a North Korean nuclear test seeping into the atmosphere when Pyongyang set off a nuclear device in a sealed tunnel deep underground. What we need is cracks in the ground that could let the gas seep through and then be detected. Zerbo wants Iran to take a step few are talking about, ratify the International Test Ban Treaty. First, everyone talks about enrichment. But before we discuss this enrichment, let's get this treaty into force so that we don't even think about the process towards developing a nuclear weapon. And even with a deal, Iran has plenty of potential nuclear capability intact. It recently put a satellite in orbit using an intercontinental missile that could carry a warhead, leaving airstrikes as an option of last resort That's nice for them if there to do is that. no enrichment deal. But U.S. intelligence calculates Iran's key nuclear sites are so far underground that Israeli bombs could not hit them. And the U.S.'s largest bomb... Now, this is interesting. We have developed our largest bomb ever. This is how long we've been thinking about beating up on Iran. We have, we've, this thing's been in production for a while now. The 30,000-pound so-called massive ordnance penetrator also <laughs> might not be able to destroy the key site. Designed specifically for bombing these sites. That's Ma- what we built that for. <laughs> That's a massive penetrator. In a single strike. Even military action would not be as successful as the deal that we have put forward. You know, what's interesting is uh, the U.S. media keeps talking about this as a U.S. and Iran deal. It's a deal between six nations, one of which is U.S. Right. Yeah. Including Russia. Yeah. Russia's in there. Yeah. And China. Uh, all Putin, right, so Putin's there with no shirt on uh, and then riding horseback. You're a really good friend who um, you've been my helping. My good friend? Yeah, ever yeah. since Brywy had to stop, step down. Yeah, he's got a step Overseas, we're less than 24 hours now from a major deadline for negotiators to reach an initial agreement on Iran's nuclear program. And despite near around-the-clock diplomacy to try and hammer out a deal, there is word of a possible last-minute stumbling block. So uh, Lester says a possible last-minute stumbling block. Uh, we've, we've gone past the self-imposed deadline. A possible last-minute stumbling block. Not sure if this can be done. Continue on, Lester. Our chief foreign affairs correspondent, Andrea Brian Mitchell, Williams. is at the talks in <laughs> Switzerland. <laughs> In Switzerland, how nice The would skies that be? over Lausanne wow. were as ominous as the talks inside, oh. trapped by their own deadline. 
six major world powers and Iran in a luxurious 19th century palace. I like the ha- Legend I li- says by the way, inhabit- I like how she phrased that. Six major powers and, and Iran. Iran. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like kind of condescending, isn't it? If yeah. you're Iran, you're like, wow. Wow, really? ...by Lord Byron and Coco Chanel. The challenge to stop Iran from converting its nuclear technology into a nuclear weapon. And if Iran cheats, to give the world at least a year's warning before Iran could build a bomb. One idea, have Iran send its atomic fuel out of the country. Iran says no. But now, at the last minute, Iran has firmly ruled that out. The new Secretary of Defense, Ashton Carter, in his first TV interview, was asked by Savannah Guthrie if Iran can be trusted. They've cheated in the past. What's to say they wouldn't in the future? Well, like any agreement, it can't be based on trust. It has to be based on verification and tough measures. John Kerry still thinks a deal is possible. We're playing Yahtzee. We're playing cards against humanity. But he knows time is running out. Even if they get a deal, Secretary Kerry then has to sell it to a really skeptical Congress. The talk stretched yeah. well into the night tonight. They will start again, possibly for the last time, at 7 a.m. tomorrow, Lester. So the talks are stretching into the night. They can't get a deal nailed down. There's some last-minute big issues that can't work through, according to NBC News. Now, I don't understand why, but if you go to RT, apparently... Everything's looking great. Nothing to worry about at all. The six world powers and Iran have agreed on the key aspects of a preliminary nuclear deal. They've already missed their deadline, but diplomats are continuing their work on the document, which will be put on paper in the coming days. Let's now go live to Switzerland and get more from Marquis. So it's kind of like no big deal. You know, they're just finishing it up. Daniel Bushel. Daniel, thanks for being with us late into the night. I think I look like a Russian. What can we expect from (laughs) the next day of talks? So Russia's Foreign Minister Lavrov has said the sides reached a key aspects of the agreement. An official document will follow in the coming days. So key aspects have been reached. Official documents coming within days, according to the Russian diplomat. And will require, quote, serious but very achievable efforts. Technical details will be worked out by June and will... So the final details aren't even done till June. Hmm. ...include resolving the issue of sanctions against Iran. So the issue of sanctions isn't even what they're... You know what I think it is? I think the preliminary deals are done, and now it's just all of like the... Well, who gets to go out there and say this part? Who goes out there and says this part? Who gets credit for this part? And they're making it look like it's super hard work. And then when they go to Congress, John Kerry goes to say, I fought for this deal. We went into overtime and the last minute. And, And then he gets to say, we fought so hard for this, you can't torpedo it. And they pass it through Congress. And, I, and, it, and it goes through because of this, because this whole thing is a dog and pony show, because it turns out, and the rest of that clip explains it, the preliminary details of this agreement have already been agreed upon right. months ago. But they couldn't agree on it today because it's April 1st. Here, I'll just play a little more. But, Do you right. want to red book this, S, while we well, play a little more? I, I, well, I was going to ask you, when does this deal get done? Uh, the deal gets done later this week. Okay, uh, later this week? Yeah. So by episode... Well, oh, I'm sorry. I can't say that now. Well... Uh-huh. Um, Gosh, that just brought the show to a stop. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, just continue the clip. Just keep going. Another important day of talks on Iran's nuclear program has come to an end. Key agreements by the foreign ministers have been reached. In the next few hours or throughout the day, these agreements will be put on paper. They touch upon the peaceful use of atomic energy by Iran and the lifting of sanctions. 
Now, the details will be announced by the EU Foreign Affairs Representative Federica Mogherini and... So she's the one's going to announce the details. Okay. Iran's Foreign Minister Javad Zarif. So they're working that out. We know that final talks were held in the large conference room in the hotel behind us, together with ministers, officials and experts. And so I think, here's my Red Book prediction, by next week's Unfilter... Oh. I know. That's why I was trying to play the well, clip and move on. If we were going to have a show next week, uh, then, I, then you say it would be done. Well, the deal's done, but okay. now now the battle in, the battle in Congress begins. Oh, so 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 the battle in Congress will start next week. Well, it's, it's the process begins. The yeah. process begins. Got it. Can we talk about something else? This just got me down. Yeah, no, no. I'm yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, so there's. Do you remember we talked about the Houthis that were overthrew uh, the uh, government in uh, Yemen, mm-hmm. and uh, the situation's gotten worse now because it turns out Saudi Arabia is uh, sending troops in like in a really horrible mission, like enduring storm or something like this. It's it's awful, uh, and uh, they're going after uh, these Houthis. In Yemen's capital, devastating airstrikes from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> A new offensive to drive out Iranian-backed rebels who seized control of the capital and key military sites. Officials say the Saudi campaign was quickly planned, catching top U.S. military commanders off guard. So this is interesting right now. Yemen was the U.S.'s, uh, we've played the clip from Obama before, the gold, the gold standard that the U.S. pointed to for our great partners with the war on terror. Yemen is our great partner with the war on terror, our greatest partner with the war on terror. Now Yemen's fallen apart. And now Saudi Arabia, one of our great partners, goes and launches an attack in Yemen and gives us, like, pretty much no heads up. General wow. Austin, when were you told uh, by the Saudis that they were going to uh, take military action in Yemen? Sir, I, I, uh, I had a conversation with the Chad uh, right before they took action. So it was shortly before. Uh, right get... before they took action. Yes, sir. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. The White House has already committed significant assistance. The U.S. military is helping the Saudis plan bombing missions over Yemen, providing targeting oh, intelligence from satellites overhead, oh, good. and making nice. AWACS surveillance planes and aerial refueling aircraft available as well. The general says he doesn't know if it will all work. I don't currently know the specific uh, uh, goals and objectives of the of the Saudi campaign. So we don't know the goals or the objectives of the people. But we're providing them with the targets. We're going to hook them up, yeah. We're giving them the intel, the yeah. targets, the planes. And I'd have to know that uh, to be able to assess uh, the likelihood of success. We're just going to let them go ahead and bomb indiscriminately using our intelligence information. The U.S. military involvement as sensitive as it gets. Saudi Arabia is backing beleaguered Yemeni President Hadi, who has fled his country. So Saudi Arabia is behind the uh, uh, the uh, president is out, who's who's uh, also uh, sort of obviously a uh, fan of Saudi Arabia and not a fan of Iran. Oh, hmm. oh, the Iran Interesting. connection. Okay. <laughs> The rebels are backed by Iran. Now that's we talked about this more in the pre-show. Uh, the rebels are backed by Iran. That's that's eh. Iran doesn't give them orders. Iran gives them money and weapons. Uh, you know, which we well, do. Backing, of that. backing is backing, isn't right. it? Though, yeah, right. exactly. But it kind yeah. of makes it sound like Iran's kind of directing them to do this, when really it's more local issues in Yemen that are ha- making them do this, and Iran is just funding them. It's not Iran telling them to do it. Uh. The U.S. worries terror groups will exploit the chaos. There's a lot at stake here, particularly with al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula and ISIS, both active in Yemen. 
But let's let's face the facts. The U.S. is in, is involved now in a proxy war between the Saudis and the Iranians. Now that's debatable, but potentially possible. If you be, if you believe the Houthis are really truly Iranian backed, directly controlled by the Iranians, then yes. Uh, if we if the Saudi if the Saudis and the U.S. are engaging with the Houthis, then we are kind of technically borderline proxy war with Iran. Mm. Iran condemning the intervention. Iranian foreign minister. Okay. Now, the Saudi Arabia and the Gulf allies, uh, in the U.S. view, are very nervous about Iran's growing influence in the region. They see Iran spreading across the area. That may be one reason they are. Now, remember, again, the Houthis have their own motivations, right? Uh, yeah. They are being funded, perhaps. But, of course, look at ISIS, look at al-Qaeda. Who's funding? Who funded Right, yeah. 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 Undertaking some of this. But the U.S. very definitely stepping into it, the Pentagon, offering help to the Saudis and help to the Yemenis. What everyone is watching for right now is what will Iran's further reaction be? It seems so crazy that we're getting involved with this. It seems so not our problem to me. But obviously, we have many interests in the area, so it becomes our problem. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, this next one, Chase. Yes, sir. Uh, this is one I'm just going to have to. I'm going to have to ask for 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 a little trust and love from you all right. and the audience. Okay. All right. It's it's a long clip, but you remember your buddy, my good friend, Bashir Al Assad. That's a that's that's a little rich. That's a little rich. I mean, I guess on this outgoing episode, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I oh okay. wow, that's so, a little rich. Bashir Al Assad, my good uh, friend. Uh, He's he, on my uh, Twitter followers. He he had a very great interview with uh, Charlie Rose. Charlie got access to him, uh, and uh, I don't know why Charlie Rose does, but anyways, I have I have all of the great clips in the overtime folder okay. for our supporters. You guys can watch them. I pulled one for the main show because it's a little long, okay. but it's it's an interesting discussion about the power triangle going on between Syria, uh, Iran, Russia, and the U.S. Tell us what the Russians want. They Sorry. are a strong ally of you. Yeah. What do they want? Uh, definitely they want to have balance in the world. It's not only about Syria. I'm a small country. It's not about having a huge interest in Syria. They could have it anywhere else. So it's about the future of the world. Uh, they want to be great power that uh, have uh, their own say in the future of this world. That's and what, what do they want for Syria? The stability. They want stability. stability and political solution. And what does Iran want? The same. The same. Syria. So this sounds pretty reasonable. This is sounding actually like this kind of makes sense. I'm not trying to, I'm saying, I'm not saying it like Assad, but I'm just saying this right. yeah. kind of makes yeah. And Iran and Russia see eye to eye regarding this conflict. And what is your obligation to both of them? Uh, what do you mean obligation? What is your, what do you owe them? Yeah, I know, but they didn't ask for anything. I love that. Love this line of, let's play this again. This is such a great line of questioning, it's, and it shows such presumption on the part of Charlie Rose, and also, honestly, presumption on my part, too. I, I thought the same thing. This conflict. And what is your obligation to both of them? Uh, what do you mean, obligation? What is your, what do you owe them? Yeah, I know, but they didn't ask for anything, nothing at all. That's why, what I said. They, they don't do that for Syria. They do it for the region 
and for the world, because stability is very important for them. Because if you have conflicts here, it will burn somebody else there. If you want to talk about terrorism, terrorism has no boundaries. They see, he see it sees no uh, borders, no political borders. It's much more difficult to take any procedure to face it than uh, do it uh, do toward uh, the internet. I know this is hard, but I think this is fascinating. Right. And I, this yeah. is, I, to me, interesting insights. Uh, check out more of the interview with Assad uh, uh, in, in the, the overtime. overtime folder. It's yeah. all I thought it was pretty interesting stuff. Hey, Chase. Yes, uh, Chris. Why don't we talk a little bit about how uh, folks can keep us going before we have the remainder of our show? We have a few more clips to play, a couple more stories to talk about, uh, a couple of uh, tidbits to share. Um, well. I got to say. I mean, I mean, the, the supporters really were the guys that kept us on the air these days. Well, I, you know, the, the supporters over there at patreon.com slash unfilter, you know, all of you guys, all 378 of you. Wow, 378. 378. Huh. And, you know, we're, we're you know. Well, we're, I don't know. I mean, I just thought, you know. I mean, here's the thing, you know. I mean, I. Chase, I mean, you know, this is 378. It's pretty respectable. I, yeah, I think, know. I know. You think if we saw that like go up like to three eighty or something? You think you could talk to the guys down at Como and maybe they'd uh, let you do the show? I, you know, I I would say so. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, if if they see a, a strong, you know, and, and it doesn't take much. Chase, I mean, did you consider that maybe they were just April Fool <laughs> fools pranking you? I, I th- wait. Well, I don't think they would do that to a new hire, would you? Uh, I mean, I don't know, Chase. That's, that's how we go. That's how we roll. That's a little rough. I mean, uh, it's a little might, rough. Yeah, I know. All right. We'll see. Uh, it's a little rough. But, but I would say this. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's somebody out there on the fence that's listening to our show right now about the, the news you need to know, and there's 378, and then you're thinking, well, why should I join? Why should I get on board? Why should I support the Unfilter Show? Well, why first, should I get on board, Chase? Why should I support well, you the know, Unfilter Show? You know, obviously, you know, we're doing a show that touches on some of the most sensitive topics in our world today. And, you know, not only when you support us, you know, that we don't have to worry about sponsors. We don't have to worry about, and obviously we've talked about it at nauseum on this show. We don't have to worry about self-censorships creeping in. And, and not only that, like, so, so let's say we got a sponsor for Brand X, and then there was a very sensitive story about Brand X. Well, maybe Brand X wouldn't want us to talk well, about that or, story. Or what if I want to say, hey, you know what? I had a pop brownie this weekend, and it's, it cured the rash on my ass or something crazy, right? right? Yeah, something, and, yeah. and, you know, what the thing is, is like a sponsor just doesn't want to be associated with, with a statement like that. Hey, exactly. You know, they... They don't want to have any kind of negative or any kind of attention towards them in that yeah. light. Yeah. But here's the thing. When you support us at patreon.com slash unfilter, we have many different ways you can support us. Now, we talked a lot on this episode about the overtime folder. The overtime folder is the place where we have all these extended long clips. Yeah, here, I'll pull it up right here. So uh, yeah, yeah, show that off. I'm going to. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to. I mean, so first off, that's the clips for the show. That's just for this show. Yeah. But here's the overtime folder. Bam. Look at that. Yeah. Now, if you're not watching the video, the yeah, list that is, is a, a mile long. 26 uh, clips that we will not feature in the show. One gigabyte worth of clips. Like I said, the Assad clips in there. Uh, there is one that this might get me just playing a second of me. Of this just mic- pulled off of YouTube. I, I, this is, and then we have to go through this the is, hassle. This is a documentary that is in the overtime folder right. that is called Spin. Wow. And what is so cool about this documentary, this is worth the price of admission to Unfilter yeah. alone. What is so cool is this is a documentary that is put together using clips. So, Chase, back in the 90s, yes. uh, uh, satellite TV had a feed of uh, when they it went was, to commercial. It was pretty much wide open, and it was, uh, yeah. 
So here's so here's a great example, and this probably gets pulled, but this is really super relevant. Uh, so this talks about how they do uh, video satellite tours, and you can see that they just leave the satellite feed running. So this is you get to see like politicians setting up for their interviews. Yeah, and without any commentary, just watching how they do this, you see how they spin the media. Oh yeah, so perfect for our audience. Yeah, set up the pictures there in the background. Yeah. set up the shot, make it look more family. So here you can see they're getting the shot ready. So here's like here's Barbara. Here's a great one. Here's uh, let's jump. Here's Barbara Bush doing her uh, campaign tour. Uh, I would remind you and the people of Florence that all of us awaken every single day to a freer, safer world because of George Bush. WCSC, do you read us in Washington? They themselves awaken every single day to a freer, safer world because of George Bush. So she goes around and does the tours, and they just go and get the feeds like... uh, uh, and so this is so. Oh man! Wow! Oh, look, there's Larry King. Yeah. There's so here's private conversations between Larry King and Bill Clinton. Bus, bus trip with us. Uh, oh, no, this is Gore. Uh, so listen. Oh my oh, okay. God! Listen to this. He does not with Clinton too, but listen to this one with Gore during the election year. For Al Gore was famous, Tammy. <laughs> On his book tour, he drove over to Mutual Network all by himself. Came up in that great Crystal City elevator. I still remember the day I became famous. Yeah. When your column in USA Today came in. On that thing. Book. <laughs> I always remember the card you sent me. He sent him a card. Wow. So. And then later, uh, later, wow. him and George W. Bush, or, uh, yeah, uh, the old Bush, talk about sleeping, sleeping pills. They talk about sleeping pills. Like, here's, here's, but I want him to finish. here's uh, Clinton. Here's the thought here. That's the one break we have to hit live. He's talking to Clinton. around the world, but it's hard to believe we're being watched in 151 countries. It's scary. I go, I'm in Israel. I'm at the Wailing Wall. True story. Israel. Never been there before. They're with my brother. I'm Jewish. It's my culture. Stand there as an old rabbi, dominating. He's praying. Oh, a religious Jewish man. He looks up at me and he says, what's with Perot? <laughs> I swear to God, what's with Perot? So in now... Now, listen to this. This is so important, Chase. Uh, this is kind of dry, but listen to what he's about to tell Bill Clinton, who is running for president. He is not yet president of the United right. States. Listen to what Larry King, and at this time, Larry King was the undisputed champion of late-night call-in. It was considered a brand-new format for television. Albuquerque, C- hello. CNN was at the top of it. It was democracy in television is what they called it. Listen to what the host of Democracy on Television tells candidate Bill Clinton. It's <laughs> crazy. Ted Turner changed the world. Ted Turner, who owns CNN. Right. Ted Turner changed the world. He says he's a big fan of yours. And then Clinton says, is he? And then he says, this is Larry King. He would uh, serve you. You know what I mean? And then Clinton says, you're kidding. Here, listen. I'm a big fan of yours. Is he? He would uh, serve you, Justin. You know what I mean? I don't Oh, you'd be surprised. He's ready. What he's got left in, what's he got left in life to gain? I call him after you're elected. Think about it. Like it's wow. a foregone conclusion he's wow. elected. Wow. Yeah, he's ready. What's he gonna what's he got left in life to gain? I, after you're elected. Think about it. No dope. That's for sure. <laughs> Great guy to work with. And then they're back on the air. Wow. And uh, this wow. this documentary is filled with this stuff, uh, stuff with George W. There are tons of Clinton during the Clinton campaign, uh, during Gore stuff. 
uh, the, uh, lots of stuff for Pat Robertson, uh, the debates, uh, the, the guy, the candidate that the media completely ignored, uh, Pat Robertson being super creepy, listening to feeds himself. <laughs> uh, it is worth the Patreon support right there. This is the kind of stuff that goes in the supporters sink all the time. Yes. And when you become a $5 or more supporter of the pay, of the unfilter show over at patreon.com slash unfilter, you get access, you get access to all that yep. stuff. Plus you're helping us back it up and distribute. This is stuff that is good for the public knowledge and you're helping us keep it alive. Keep it distributed because this stuff gets pulled off YouTube constantly. It gets pulled off Vimeo, it gets pulled off all of them. And the unfilter audience is helping me distribute it. So that way it'll Chris, always survive. Chris, uh, I have an update. You need to refresh your screen. We've just gained a Patreon as we record this right now. We're at three seventy nine. Wow! Wow! You got to talk to the guys down there because I bet by tomorrow we can be at three eighty and then we keep going. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. But hey, you know, even if you can't afford the five dollar a month, you know, we have this new two dollar a month level as well. You get the post show, you get our antics, and you know what? Since you with the new gig and you're coming later, I've been including more pre show. Yeah. So that, so, that yeah. works for everybody. So we want to thank all 379 of you who support us at patreon.com slash unfilter. And also in the supporters sync this week, Obama's actual executive order over the new uh, sanctions over cyber attacks okay. is in the supporters sync as well. All right. uh, but definitely go check out. By the way, that documentary again is uh, for, uh, it's called Spin. And you might be able to find it online. It's just going to be for you as the Unfiltered audience. Check it out. It's yes. really good. Hey, Chase. Yes, Chris. What do you say we continue on with the news a little bit? All uh, right. Did you know that ISIS is a great... You, you mean ISIL, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, could you give me a guess? What state in the United States of America has the heaviest concentration of ISIS recruiting? What w- state? Wait. Ooh, what state? Well, there's 50 states. Okay, so uh, so what state in the United States is the heaviest for ISIS recruiting? Yeah. Where are they really concentrated at these days, Chase? Where do you think they're really concentrated? Alabama well, come from the chat room. Vermont, Minnesota. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm gonna Texas go- is a good one. Dude. I know. Texas is a good one. I'm going to go for the state that a lot of people don't think about, and I know I'm probably wrong. Tell me when to pull it, Chase. Uh, well, I'm just going to take a guess. So just pull it. Is it Maine? The numbers are stunning. 3,400 Westerners from 90 countries have left their homes to fight with ISIS in Syria and Iraq. Okay, here we go, Chase. You ready? It's a stunning number. Well, she did say uh, it was on the graphic before. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah but they haven't heard it yet. Oh, I know. 3,400. 200 of them are Americans. Americans. It's clear the recruitment efforts are working, especially in Minnesota. Minnesota? Oh, Minnesota. What do you eh? think of that? Wow. Minnesota. Now, here's why Minnesota. they say why. Here's why they say why. All right. Racist. Home to the largest <laughs> Somali immigrant population in the United States. We oh. went to Minneapolis to speak with this community who is actively trying to fight this right alongside the FBI. Oh. Far from the deserts of Video Syria and Iraq, ISIS. ISIS terrorists are eyeing vulnerable young men and women here. Uh-oh. Is ISIS targeting the Somali community in Minnesota? Yes. No question. No question. How on Twitter. Aggressively. Oh if it's on Twitter, I'm going to crap myself. They're, they're recruiting Westerners, but they're recruiting here. Through online propaganda, their efforts for the Somali community in Minneapolis, it is a chilling replay of the recent past. In 2007, more than 20 Somali Minnesotans left here to go fight with the terrorist group Al-Shabaab. Now, a second wave. But this time, it's ISIS recruiting them. I like all the evidence they're supplying in this uh, report. All right, so she, by the way, she just said how many people? 
Uh, uh, you want to back it up? You know, she said, I think, 20, right? Oh, I, I could tell you. Uh, seven, more than 20 Somali Minnesotans left okay. here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, let's see if they give us any more numbers, because then I have a number to throw back. To go fight with the terrorist group Al-Shabaab. Now, a second wave. But this time, it's ISIS recruiting mm. them. Mm. Approximately no number, 15 oh. people have left Minnesota to fight with ISIS. Okay, so 15 people. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, we, we... All right, um, Chris. You know what really grinds my gears? Chris, uh, Chris, I know you're not really looking at my <laughs> yeah, screen. No, I can't see your Do you know how many people live in the great state of Minnesota, which is, by the Let's way, see. the 32nd state of our great union? So they said 15 people in this 15 place, people. Yeah. So in 2007, yeah. it was 20. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. 20, so let's see, I got to take 20 off. Okay. Yeah. And then and then uh, in 2015, it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many did you say, 15? Yeah, 15 people. So I got to take, 15. Another, I got to take another 15 off. So, but how many people live in the great state of Minnesota? I'm going to say that was it. Nobody's left. All right. Oh, no, no, Chris. I'm sorry. Uh, the population of Minnesota is 5.457 million people. More people probably died in car accidents in the past week in Minnesota. All right. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Maybe two weeks. Okay. Over the entire total of people that have... I, just, and that people uh, is what grinds my gears. Tom? Uh, check, please. <laughs> check, please. Check. We have had a number of people travel from the Twin Cities. We've had a number of people attempt to travel. And as we speak, there are people making preparations uh, to travel. It's still going on. It is, it is ongoing. The most vulnerable are also some of the community's youngest, yes. like Hamza Ahmed, arrested in February. What was he like? Good kid. I mean, I never picture him. I couldn't believe it. What he I'm... just kept hanging out with those FBI agents. Here right now. Authorities say 19-year-old Hamza Ahmed and three companions took a bus from here in downtown Minneapolis to New York's JFK airport in November. His destination, Istanbul. But he never made it. Instead, he's here in jail awaiting trial, charged with attempting to provide material support to ISIS. It's a 19-year-old kid. That's who they're recruiting. 18 to 20-year-olds, is the fo- that's the focus. Of the- how, how can anybody believe this? They're recruiting by ISIS. How can anybody believe this? ISIS right now. Others recruited Douglas McCain, who was killed fighting with ISIS in Syria this summer. His friend Troy Castigar was recruited by Al-Shabaab. This is the real Disneyland. You need to come here and join us. He died fighting with them in 2009. His mother spoke to CNN last year. I had no clue that um, he was going into a dangerous situation in that way. You know, I think System T nails that guy. That kid looks crazy. I'm sorry, he's got super crazy eyes. I think System T nails it. We just need to start droning in Minnesota uh, to solve this problem. Do you have any any interest at all? This is you can totally veto this story, Chase, if you want. Do you have any interest in the Hillary email story at this point? Oh, it's still it's still happening. Well, it's, it's she's fo- not going to be president. I uh, can tell you that. I it, could I could tell you that. Just about every Fox every Fox show is leading with it, right? Oh now. well, I'll just play a little bit. I play a little bit. Eighty-one percent of Democrats in our poll says they'd consider voting for Clinton. She is well ahead of Joe Biden, her closest rival, with O'Malley much further. So she's got eighty-one percent among Democrats. By the way, this is among Democrats. Well, that's who's going to be voting for. Her. Well, yeah, but. 
but people will vote against her. What about independents and re- uh, Republicans? Yeah, she's still doing better uh, than any Republican candidate is. All too. it takes is one attack ad uh-huh. on email. The poll also shows 66 percent of Democrats want Clinton to face a battle for the nomination. And the former secretary of state is under new pressure this morning over her emails. Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill where an investigative hey, panel Nancy. complains that Clinton delivered no new messages about the deadly Benghazi attack. Nancy, good morning. Good morning. The committee was asking Clinton to do two things. First of all, hand over more of her personal emails or hand over her entire server to a neutral third party for examination. Huh. Huh. By Friday. Happen. In fact, there's a there's a rumor going to have in the overtime folder that she formatted the server or they had the server. Formatted. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Well, she did neither. And in a six page letter to the committee, her lawyer said essentially that it would be pointless for her to hand over the server that she used exclusively as secretary of state because it has been wiped clean. He said no emails reside on the server or any backup systems associated with the server. And he pointed out that all of her work related emails, as they have long argued, have already been. How can anybody. This is some house of cards. I mean, first. Yeah. How can anybody. I mean, take aside to the fact that it's she's Hillary Clinton. But yeah. how can anybody who is just normal and 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 follows the news religiously, uh, Republican or Democrat, how can anybody knowing a Democrat knowingly want to vote for her after all this? I mean, how are you kidding me? Twenty sixteen <laughs> is so far away. It's so far away. It's dude. a year away, Chris. So far it's away. One to the year State away. Department. Congressman Trey Gowdy, who chairs uh, that Republican-led Benghazi panel, said he's now going to be consulting with Republican leadership on their next steps here, uh, although he has long acknowledged that he does not have the power to compel Clinton to hand over her server. She's actually been asked to show up, but she also doesn't have the power to compel her to do that necessarily. Democrats called all of this a political charade designed to keep Clinton in the news uh, in a negative fashion, and they said it's beyond time to just schedule a hearing for her to testify about Benghazi, about her emails, Jeez. as she has promised to do. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, Jeez, wow, Louise. wow. Hey, Chase, you know, one hey, of the Chris, topics we've yes. covered uh, during our high notes uh, from time to time on this show is the challenge is even in a state where uh, cannabis is legal doesn't necessarily mean the employer will, will allow you to imbibe. Oh, absolutely not. Actually, um, all employers and actually it's been challenged in Washington, uh, Colorado, California. Basically, in a nutshell, it, employers have the right to refuse anybody for uh, for any kind of employment Yeah, and if reason. they decide you have to pass a drug test to get a job, it doesn't matter what the state law is. It, they usually go by federal law because of the, some, the drug-free work-face policy. Yep. There is some precedent every now and then for exception. Yeah. And it usually falls within the realm of religious exception. And I know where you're going with this. So one. perhaps, Chase, you might want to consider joining the Church of Cannabis. So, so the temple with the hempcrete, you want members to tithe four twenty a month. That's four dollars and twenty cents. You say cannabis is listed as the church's sacrament and its doctrine. Uh, Tube and I, I hear your laughter, but let, let, let me just be serious for a minute. I mean, to the to the meat of this, you're creative, sir. Why do you want to establish this church? Thank you. <laughs> because there's a need for a new religion. People are burned out on the old doctrine. They offer guilt. They offer sin. Uh, come on, uh, we offer no judgment whatsoever. Love We're based on love, compassion, Woo! and health. <laughs> Good things for us, you know? Healthy things, happy things. Uh, 
there's no heavy doctrine. There's 12 pathways to life. There's no 10 commandments. Uh, we're not commanding you to do anything. We're suggesting to you this is a good pathway of life. And millions of millions of millions of us. Why do they have him out on the street? <laughs> Why is he out there? The audio is horrible. And uh, look, at, well, look at Brooke. Look at Brooke. She's like, well, oh, may- my God, I cannot believe this is my life. May- maybe it's because, you know, he just filed the paperwork and they were following him and he's at like state capital, which, by the way, uh, breaking news, uh, the Indiana law is being reworked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, is that in the lower third or something? Well, they're saying the new Indiana law ushers in. Well, as oh, of today, they're, yeah. They've, yes. they've, yeah, it's beautiful. Out here, smoke religiously. We have faith in one plant, and okay. with that faith, okay. we've started a church. I, I imagine there are many subscribers of that uh, faith, Bill Levin. But Jeff Tubin, let's be serious for a minute, because oh, listen, uh, I know that you can't smoke pot either. Uh, rec- All right, anyways, I'm done with it already. I can't stand the talking. I just love that guy so much. And it goes on for quite a while. I guess they get into a bit of a debate. Uh, I, do you want to hear any of it? Uh, actually, I like a little bit more. Legitimate I want to, uh, ritual give, of their religion. And Congress thought that was something that should be protected. This is a now, legitimate religion. We are. Well, we'll see. That's the thing. He's not. He's just explaining the background I, and how, I, how your right. church would work. I mean, on, no, I, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to his holiness on this. What what <laughs> I am saying is this see, come on, law that's good. That's good. leads to in the inquiries <laughs> of, in this case, the Indiana state government. Is this a legitimate religion? And is this sacrament something that the government has a compelling interest in regulating? And that would be the key question here. Now, there have been religions that say, we, our religion says we can't pay taxes for the military budget <laughs> because we're pacifists. The Supreme Court. That guy is smoking the biggest joint is, I have ever seen. Is that seen really in my a life. joint? It's, dude, he's the weed guy. It better be a joint. And look <laughs> at Brooke. Because that's what Brooke's thinking. Brooke's thinking, she's thinking one of two things. Is that a joint or she's thinking, I'd love to have that joint? Look at that face. That's said, a, no. Look at that face. That look face that. is interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. We have a compelling. <laughs> oh, she shook her head. She shook her head. Interest in making sure everyone pays taxes. So your religion doesn't get you out of paying taxes. But if this is a legitimate religion and um, the Supreme and the Indiana authorities recognize <laughs> this bill guy's like, He's what like, the hell are you talking about, man? Yeah. This guy is so awesome. Recognize it. It may be that he would be allowed <laughs> to smoke pot. Um, He's losing steam. Outside, get out of there. Even though it's illegal under Indiana law possible so, so so that was a super long way of saying that if they if, if congress recognizes the religion or some crap like that yeah. it might be legit so bill levin i mean i see you puffing your i think it's a cigar um live on cnn <laughs> i don't know uh and you're hearing jeff <laughs> Tubin, who's uh. pretty smart saying there's a possibility you can you can move forward with this uh first church of cannabis L- let me just end with um your response looking ahead it's going to be a great adventure for everybody. Jeff, too. You know, <laughs> it's going to be fun. Huh? Oh. It, 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 well, it's lasted longer than four hours and 20 minutes so far. Hey, so oh, it's, it's, uh, it's going okay. I think uh, it probably won't work out, but I think it <laughs> does illustrate some of the complexities of this issue. Complex. Uh. Okay. Segments going up in smoke, but um, oh! Bill Levin, Jeff Tubin, oh I appreciate God. both of you very yeah. much. We'll Train wreck. Look at that background we'll behind you. I love you. Have fun, sweetie. Oh. <laughs>
really? Did he really just do that and say that? No. Lord have mercy. No, that didn't happen. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I played that. Uh, wow. Wow, Chase. You know, there's only one way now to uh, it's right there. we got to call it right yeah, there. Yeah, well, hey, you guys, if you want to contribute to this awesome show... <laughs> and have a smirk on your face after the end of this thing, head over to unfiltered.reddit.com where you can join and be a part of the community. I love you, sweetie. I love you, sweetie. That's where you can actually help contribute to the show by submitting stories, things that are happening in your neck of the woods. If you're international, we'd love to have your stories submitted mm. in as well because yeah. sometimes our mainstream media doesn't like to pick up on stuff. Yeah, that's a good so, point. Uh, so Unfiltered.reddit.com, yeah. great place to go. Chase, are you on the Twitters? I am on the Twitters. What and are you I, doing over there? You know, I've been doing a lot of things. If you Actually, you pull up my Twitters. I've been posting. Shut uh, up. You've been posting on Twitter? I've been posting on Twitter. And actually, I've been putting Where would up, I find you if I was going to go check out your profile? You would go to twitter.com slash newness. N U N E S. Look at that. And if you and if you look at that first link there, day three in the books. If you click that Instagram we'll link do, there, buddy, we'll do. Uh, you'll notice that I'm tweeting pe- pictures of my uh, my work escapades. That's, that's nice. That's in our parking that's garage. Nice. Here at that's Como. real nice, Chase. Yeah, that's, that's nice. awesome. Now, Chris, you're on the Twitters, right? Yeah, buddy. Where can people follow you? You want? You know what I would do? You could follow me anywhere you like. I'm on the G Plus. I'm on the Facebooks. But I would go to twitter.com slash Chris Las. That would give me 140 characters. I like it like that. Yeah, you like it like that. Twitter.com slash Chris Las. Thanks, sir. Love it so much. Hey, don't forget the Unfiltered Show is live on the Wednesdays over JBLive.tv. The show kicks off around 5:36 o'clock. Pacific time, that's the pre-show and all of that. You can get it over your local time, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. And then the show just keeps on going once Mr. Chase gets here. Now, Chris, I got to say one quick thing. You know, I got to say thanks to all of our Patreons who support us at patreon.com slash unfilter. And by the way, right before we get out of the show, I just want to say thanks to the two of you who joined up the show. Oh! And, I, and I'm thinking, Chris, I'm thinking, you know what? I think we're going to do this next week. Let's do it. We'll be back here, I think, because it's 380 right we're here. here we're going to be here it's next official. week. All right, we're, everybody. We're doing it. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfiltered. See you right back here next, next week. week.